everybody. We are Joe and Rachel Tenney. We're friends of Kevin, and he's kindly given us a chance to share with you what we are doing with our podcast, Control Free Christianity. Sometimes good and beautiful things like the Bible, church, even teachings about God himself are misused. People can use these things of God to control, manipulate, and abuse others. What should bring freedom in life end up bringing bondage? How do we work through things like spiritual abuse, narcissism in the church, and overbearing authority? Join Rachel and I as we podcast most weeks as we share what has brought us and so many other people freedom in Jesus. We would love to have you join us. You can find us by searching for Control Freak Christianity on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, or you can head to controlfreakchristianity.com. See you there. You're listening to the serialized preview of The Many Phases of Lily Andrews, Phase 4, Artificial, written and read by Kevin Morris. To unlock the full ad-free version of this audiobook as it airs, head over and support the project on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lilyandrews. That's Lily spelled L-I-L-Y. If you haven't yet listened to the original three short stories, Phases 1 through 3, they are available on Audible. The link is in the show notes. To learn more, visit theminiphasesoflilyandrews.com. Thanks for listening. Chapter 13. Where There's Smoke Lily's favorite thing about Saturdays was sleeping in. When staying at her grandparents' house, this got even better. Not only did she usually get to snooze until 10.30 or so, but when she awoke, it was usually to the smell of Bamba's trademark brunch, which on this particular day contained more lunch entrees due to them having breakfast food the night before. This perk far outweighed the inconvenience of having to share the guest room with Miles. When the clock chimed at 11, Lily was sitting Indian-style on the living room sofa, finishing a glass of orange juice. She was still in her pajamas, and her hair was disheveled from a good night's sleep. Papaw had just finished with his morning shower and stepped into the room to announce that the bathroom was open before retreating to the master bedroom. He always slept later than Lily, even on Saturdays. This was just another entry on the long list of stereotypes the elderly man contradicted. However, Bamba was always up with the sun. She claimed that her alone time in the mornings was the most peaceful part of the day. The only time she knew both where Papaw was and that he was not up to anything that could get him hurt was before she had to roll him out of bed each day. Miles had won rock-paper-scissors for the honor of the first shower, and wasted no time getting to it. In the kitchen, Bombo was washing the last of the dishes from their late-morning feast. The running water was like white noise as Lily finished off the last of her beverage and leaned over to set the glass on the coffee table, where Miles and Bomba's sketchbooks resided. Bomba's sketchpad was open to the previous afternoon's drawing, which depicted Papaw falling off his skateboard. She had captured his magnificence all right. Lily stretched her arms into the air, letting out an amplified yawn. At the end of the performance, she pulled her baggy t-shirt over her knees, fell onto her side, and closed her eyes. Bamba looked over her shoulder and laughed. Don't you go back to sleep. But I'm just so tired, Lily protested lazily. Sunlight from the window behind her had warmed the couch cushions, eliminating the need for a blanket. The door to the bedroom opened and Papaw entered the room. Lily watched him through squinted eyes. The man crept up behind his wife and gave her a firm smack on the backside. She let out the squeal of a girl a fraction of her age. 
Billy, she scolded him, her voice morphing from a squeal into almost a whisper. She nodded her head in Lily's direction, as if to discourage the action in front of the grandkid. Papaw took one look at his granddaughter and smiled. Don't look now, but there's some strange lump on our couch. She thinks she's going back to sleep, Bamba informed him. It's too late for that. You're one to talk. Well, if she does fall asleep, come and get me. I have a few tricks for waking people up. At this, Lily awkwardly sat up. It was hard to move in her current state. Where are you going, Papa? she asked. I'll be out in the shed fixing the wheel on my skateboard. My ankle's not going to be swollen forever, you know. Can I come watch? Not until you clean up and get dressed, Bamba cut in. Papa nodded, signaling his agreement and set a course for the den. And you keep your hands to yourself, mister, Bamba warned him playfully. You're still in trouble for last night. I make no promises, Papa retorted on his way out. At this point, Lily had no idea how she was going to entertain herself until Miles got done with his shower. Her brother was notorious for taking forever. She supposed he spaced out while the water ran and simply lost track of time. To be fair, this occasionally happened to her as well. She freed herself from the grasp of her shirt and took her empty glass to Bamba. As she did, the telephone rang. Her grandmother switched off the water, dried her hands, and headed to the ancient wall phone just around the corner. At this, Lily anticipated not seeing her grandma for some time. All of Bamba's conversations on that phone seemed to last for hours. She wished Miles would hurry so she could go out to the shed. Now that she thought about it, what was the point of cleaning up to go stand around in a dusty shed? She did not see the logic there. Lily, it's for you, Bamba called, much to the girl's surprise. Lily turned the corner to find her grandmother already extending the phone towards her. Hello? Lily answered, taking it. Hey, Lily, came Emmy's voice over the receiver. Hi, Emmy. I didn't know you knew my grandparents' number. I didn't. I looked it up in the phone book. Oh, well, what's up? Lily was excited to have someone to talk to while everyone else in the house was busy. I was wondering if you might be able to read me your answers to our math homework. Lily did not respond. She was used to this kind of thing from Callan, but Emmy had never asked to copy her work before. I'm not trying to cheat or anything, the girl defended herself. I forgot my book at school. I don't even know what the problems are, so I can't do them on my own. This put things into perspective. Mr. Wright had zero tolerance for not turning in homework on time, and Emmy's grade could not take the hit. Plus, it was too risky to try to work on it at school before it was due. But just as Lily was about to agree to help Emmy, something occurred to her, causing her heart to sink. Oh no, she said, speaking the thoughts as they entered her mind for the first time. My math homework is in my notebook. Do you not have it with you? Emmy inquired. No, I lent it to Aiden, and he won't be able to give it back until lunch on Monday. Besides being an inconvenience to Emmy, this was also a big problem for Lily. Mr. Wright's policy on homework also applied to her. She could not turn her work in late. Aiden's classes were nowhere near hers until after second period, when she had math, and the time between classes was not sufficient enough to locate him. That's not good, Emmy recognized. I can't believe I didn't think about it, Lily groaned in frustration. Maybe you could look up his number. Do you know his last name? You don't either? They were both quiet for a second. I can't believe neither of us know Aiden's last name. Lily almost threw up her hands, but quickly remembered one of them was holding the phone. Just then, she made a connection in her head. Wait, Aiden lives on the same street as my grandparents. Maybe I can just walk to his house and get it. 
Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll have to ask my grandparents about it, Lily said. You should probably call William, though, and get him to read you his answers just in case. Do you think they'll be right? Emmy half laughed. It's better than nothing. If I can get my homework from Aiden, then I'll call you back and we can check his answers. Okay, Emmy agreed, finding the plan acceptable. Good luck, and thanks. I'll let you know how it goes. Bye. Lily put the phone back on its holder. The bathroom door swung open, and she watched Miles bolt across the hall into their room, wearing nothing but a towel around his waist. She shook her head in amusement, and then proceeded to the kitchen. Hey, Bamba, she started to ask. Where exactly does your friend live, the woman anticipated. For a split second, Lily considered the possibility that her grandmother might be able to see the future. A second later, she knew it was a classic case of eavesdropping. This was not Bamba's first offense. Lily's face-shifting abilities might not be genetic, but maybe her own tendency to listen in on conversations was. He's at the end of the street closest to my school. Oh, that's not even a five-minute walk. You should be okay. Are his parents home? He lives with his mom. I think she'll be home today. I think it's fine as long as you take your cell phone with you. Just don't stay gone too long. Thanks, Bamba. Lily was mentally prepared to head out the door at that moment, but then she remembered she was not dressed for it. Miles came out of their room, now fully clothed, and signaled that the shower was all hers. As she headed to their room, the phone rang again. She entered the guest room and chose the clothes she would wear, listening to Bamba answer the phone all the while. Lily, it's for you again. Draping the clothes over her left arm, she left the room and extended her free hand to receive the phone. You're quite popular today. Bamba jested, making her way back into the kitchen where she would no doubt be listening. Hello, she answered, expecting to hear Emmy's voice a second time. Lily, Emmy told me you're going to walk to Aiden's house. The voice belonged to her cousin. William? Yeah, I've got to get my homework from him. Is anyone going with you? No, it's only like five minutes away. Would you mind if I came? What? Mom and Veronica are going out to get their nails done, and, uh, I'm kind of bored around here. Maybe they could drop me off for a little while. I guess you could come if you really want to, Lily said. She had no objections. In fact, she welcomed her cousin's company. What puzzled her was how impulsive it seemed. Hold on a second. She blocked the receiver with her hand and yelled towards the kitchen. Hey, Bamba, William can come over for a bit if he wants, came her reply. Though her grandmother's eavesdropping could get old, she had to admit it was efficient. Okay, William, she returned to the phone. You can come over. When do you think you'll be here? They're leaving in about half an hour. Okay, see you then. Lily had decided to follow her brother's example and take her time in the shower. She had half an hour after all. It was a good soak when she finally got the temperature right. The knobs on her grandparents' bathtub were extremely fickle, providing very little middle ground between freezing and scolding water. When William arrived almost an hour later, he immediately apologized for the tardiness. Though he had pushed, he just could not seem to get his mom and sister out the door. Bamba had offered him a glass of milk and a banana, but he respectfully declined, insisting they begin the trek to Aiden's to ensure they had sufficient time. What's in your thermos? William asked, looking hopeful as they made their way down Cypress Street. Lily had grabbed it out of her backpack on her way out, sensing an opportunity. Nothing yet she grinned, bringing the container to chest level. As they walked, she twisted the cap off and let the light of the sun stream into it. You're gonna let Aiden try some, aren't you? 
he had hit the nail on the head. The thing that Lily regretted most about not taking Liquid Sunshine to school was that she never had any on her when she was with Aiden. She had known the boy for weeks now, and he still had not found a chance to try her trademark creation. She had almost brought some to the fort on Wednesday night, but decided not to risk Emmy or Callan wondering what it was. She could barely stand it. She and William had both mentioned how good the beverage was on several occasions, but the boy always shrugged it off, saying he would have the chance eventually. Today would be that day. Within a few minutes, they were standing in front of the very gate she had watched Aiden go through the day her mom had given him a ride home. The latch was sticky, and the warped wooden door scraped across the sidewalk as they pushed it open. The grass had not been cut since she had last seen it. The way it rose up on each side of her as she followed the sidewalk reminded her of Moses walking through the Red Sea. Lily rang the doorbell after making her way up the rickety porch stairs. The two waited in silence, listening for any human activity inside the house. Try it again, William insisted after a minute of nothing. She did so, this time nearly sure that the button was not working. She should have at least heard a faint sound when pressing it. This left her with no choice but to reach up and knock on the door. This time, there came a thumping of footsteps. I think I saw the curtains move, William said, pointing at the window on their right. Then they heard a muffled voice from inside the house. Aiden, come answer the door. It's a couple of kids, probably selling something. There was another barrage of pounding footsteps before they heard the deadbolt click. Tell them we're not interested, the voice added, barely audible this time. The door opened slowly to reveal Aiden, who seemed perturbed. As recognition formed on his face, he held up a finger to request a moment and turned back around slightly. It's okay, Mom. It's just a couple of my friends from school. As Aiden spun back, a woman appeared behind him with a big grin plastered on her face. Lily saw the family resemblance immediately, mainly in the black hair and blue eyes the two shared. Aiden's mom was about average height, thin, and very pretty. Lily was fairly certain that she was significantly younger than her own parents. Judging by the way the woman's face appeared half made up and that her feet were still bare, it seemed Aiden's mom was in the middle of getting ready for the day. Who do we have here? The woman exclaimed before her son could speak again. She seemed almost giddy. This is Lily, the boy began introductions. That's a pretty name, the woman overstated. Thank you, Lily said quietly. I'm Mrs. Enright. So that was Aiden's last name. She would have to remember for future reference. Learning it this way was actually much more convenient. It meant she never had to admit her ignorance to the boy. And this is William, Aiden continued. I slept over at his house on Wednesday. Of course, Mrs. Enright sung. It's nice to finally meet you. William simply nodded. Please come in, the woman beckoned, stepping aside. The first thing Lily noticed about Aiden's house was not how it looked, but how it smelled. As soon as they passed the threshold, the odor of smoke hit her square in the face. Short of a bonfire, she had never experienced the aroma in such excess. It seemed to thicken the atmosphere, clinging to everything around. The explanation for this became clearer as Lily studied the room. The front door led directly into a humble kitchen, with a round wooden table to the right and a stove and refrigerator on the left. The floor was covered by some kind of vinyl, which imitated the look of tile, though it was flaking in places. The walls were off-white and unadorned except for a clock that hung over the kitchen table and a circular piece of some sort positioned above the doorframe leading further into the house. She noticed smoke rising in the air as she focused on the clock, 
which caused their eyes to follow the trail downward. The table below was barren except for a cell phone, a small makeup kit, and an ashtray, which contained a half-lit cigarette. Lily and William suddenly had their answer to why Aiden always smelled like smoke. Apparently, it had nothing to do with the boys' abilities. Aiden, get your guests a drink, Miss Enright directed emphatically. Turning to the cousins, she stated, I think all we have right now is water. I hope that's okay. Oh, don't worry about it, Lily replied first, holding up the container in her hand. I have my thermos. I'm good, too, William followed suit. Alrighty, then, Miss Enright accepted. What brings you two by? Actually, Lily started, turning her attention to Aiden, though still addressing his mother. I lent Aiden my notebook so he could look at my English notes, but I forgot that some of my homework was in there, so I came to get it. Oh, man, Aiden said. I'm sorry. It's not your fault I forgot, Lily insisted. Why doesn't Aiden have his own notes to study? Mrs. Enright asked sharply. Though she said his name in the third person, it was obvious the question was directed at her son. I do, but Lily's are better than mine. I just wanted to make sure mine were right, the boy attempted to justify. I'm so sorry you had to come all this way, Aiden's mom apologized, locking eyes with Lily. It's okay, really. I'm actually staying with my grandparents just down the road. We walked here. Oh, what are your grandparents' names? I grew up here, so maybe I know them. Lily searched her memory frantically for her grandparents' actual names. Bill and Mavis Andrews, she finally answered. Miss Enright put her hand to her chin for a moment, seeming to search her mental records. I guess I don't after all, she eventually admitted. Mom, can I show them to my room? Aiden requested. Of course, dear, the woman replied almost too cheerfully. Though she continued to speak to her son, her eyes lingered on Lily. You have such sweet friends. Then she switched to addressing the cousins. You're both welcome here anytime you're in the area. Thank you, they said one after the other. Lily thought she saw Aiden rolling his eyes at William before motioning them to follow. Must be a boy thing. There were no hallways in the house. The living room, which was about half the size of Lily's, was the portal to all other rooms. Besides the entrance to the kitchen, Lily saw three other doors, which she guessed to be the two bedrooms and perhaps a bathroom or laundry room. A two-cushioned brown felt couch rested in the center of the room, facing a small television. A rectangular coffee table separated the two pieces of furniture, littered with a few packets of cigarettes, another ashtray, and a television remote. As they passed through, the floor creaked loudly under their feet. Lily accidentally bumped into an old gas heater near the right wall. Careful, came Mrs. Enright's voice from behind. The woman had separated from the group and was now headed into the closed door to the left, which was most likely her bedroom. Lily had been so busy taking in her surroundings, she'd forgotten to pay attention to where she was going. Luckily, the heater was not on. Her eyes glided between the assortment of pictures and decorations on the wall. There were several photographs of a young couple. One appeared to be a prom picture. However, the thing that caught her eye was another of the strange circular pieces, identical to the one in the kitchen. It appeared to be a holder for something. Lily searched for the item that might belong there, but had little time before they reached their destination. The door to Aiden's bedroom was already open, offering a slight preview of what awaited. Let me grab your homework first, the boy said as they entered. He went straight for the twin bed in the back left corner. His backpack lay at its foot. Lily was impressed. Every room she had ever visited belonging to a boy was at least somewhat messy. This included her brothers and her cousins. But Aiden's quarters were spick and span, 
his bed neatly made and his floors free of clutter. It was a modest space. The only furniture was a bed, a nightstand, a small table supporting a television, and a desk. There was a closet in the back right wall where the boy actually stored his clothing rather than using his floor. The first piece of evidence that the room belonged to a male was a gaming console in the hollowed-out portion of the television table. The second was a container of hair gel and a comb sitting on the nightstand, the only items there besides a table lamp and an alarm clock. William went completely into the room, immediately gravitating towards the game console, where he browsed the cases of games just to the right of the machine. Lily remained near the doorframe, leaning against the desk to her right. Aiden, called Mrs. Enright from the next room over. Yeah, Mom, he responded dully. Did you finish folding my clothes and putting them away? Yeah, like three hours ago. Where did you put my socks? They're in the top left drawer where they always are. There was a pause. Found them. Your mom seems nice, Lily told Aiden as his conversation with the other room ended. As she said it, her wrist brushed against something plastic. Pulling back instinctively, she quickly located the item. What she found both answered and raised many questions. There, on the desk, lay a smoke detector, its back compartment open but empty. Upon closer examination, the device appeared to be the exact size and color of the holders she had seen on the kitchen and living room walls. Glancing up, she saw the same bare piece on the wall above the desk. Aiden, why is this here? The question was a reflex. Lily was fairly certain she already knew the answer. Mom has me take the batteries out of the smoke detector so she can smoke in the house, the boy answered plainly. Her assumptions upon seeing the device had been correct. However, Aiden's statement reminded her of something else. Aiden, she shouted, her voice loud from excitement. What? he asked, pausing from searching his backpack to throw a look of concern in her direction. Are they nine-volt batteries? At this, William also turned his attention to her. Yeah, Aiden responded, clearly ignorant of the detail's significance, or relevance for that matter. Lily felt like she was on the winning stretch of a game of 20 questions. She decided to go ahead and make her conclusions public. So you're the one that's been dropping batteries at school. By the expression on William's face, this revelation was sound. Yeah, Aiden replied, as if it were old news. You never told me that. You never asked. That was true. Somehow the batteries she once found and eventually threw away had slipped her mind since meeting Aiden. She now knew where they came from. She could also guess what the boy was using them for. In fact, she actually did guess. So you use the batteries for energy? Aiden did not reply for a moment, but stared through the open door. Lily followed his gaze. Turning her head, she could see Mrs. Enright in the kitchen, immersed in her phone. Can you close the door? Aiden asked Lily. Not all the way, leave it cracked. Sure, she said, fulfilling his request. Feeling secure now, the boy continued. I kept the batteries with me in case I needed to recharge and couldn't get anywhere. But why would you need them at school? You just make the lights flicker, right? I used them before I got brave enough to make the lights flicker. Lily thought back to the first day she'd picked up a dead battery in the hallway. But once you dropped one in the hallway just after you came out of the bathroom. Aiden seemed to be remembering the very instance his friend was referring to. Oh, I usually carry the batteries around until I get a chance to throw them away somewhere private. But I have a hole in my black jacket, so I usually end up losing them before I get that far. That made sense. That must be what happened at the popsicle walk too. 
But why did you have so many batteries on you that day? They were all used up, too. Though unintentionally, Lily's latest question made Aiden turn slightly red. He began scratching the back of his head. You don't have to tell me if you don't want to, she informed him, trying to be more sensitive. It's okay, he responded. I was trying to beat the record. My grandma died of cancer, so I thought I should do the best I could. I used three batteries that day so I could run faster. You're definitely booking it, William commented. I was going to come back and pick them up before I left, Aiden insisted. But then Garrett tripped me. So you don't just get energy from straight electricity, William asked rhetorically. He was usually the one asking the questions. Lily was surprised he'd waited this long to jump in. What do you mean? Well, I'm not positive, but I think batteries produce power through chemical reactions. Was that a battery pun? Lily half laughed. It just slipped out, William grinned. The boy had taught her everything she knew of puns. Well, him and her dad. But this time it really did appear to be unintentional as he immediately returned his attention to Aiden. But seriously, if that's true, it means you can get energy from more than just power lines. Is that important? Lily posed. It just means that Aiden's superpower might work in places he's never thought about before. There's energy everywhere. That's true, Lily agreed, thinking of the thermos in her hand. This was nice. The three of them had not really been alone together since William was let in on Aiden's secret. Being able to have an unrestrained conversation like this was freeing. Oh, Lily, here's your notebook. Do you need the whole thing or just your homework? Aiden asked, returning to his original concern. Just my homework. You can hold on to the rest until Monday, she responded. Setting her thermos on the desk behind her, she took the binder from him and located the desired paper. Upon retrieving it and placing it behind her, she gave the notebook back and resumed leaning against the desk. Thanks, Aiden acknowledged, stuffing it back into his bag. Can you stay a while or do you have to leave? That depends. What time is it? William asked, digging into his pocket for his temp phone. 12.40, Aiden spoke first, pointing at the clock on his nightstand. William proceeded to look at his phone anyway, but when he did, his face went pale. At first, he did not speak. He only pressed a button on the device repeatedly. But after a moment, he finally stopped and groaned. Oh, man. What's wrong? Lily asked. My phone died. How? Lily giggled. You never use it. I forgot to put it on the charger after our last fortnight. It's not funny. I'm in so much trouble if mom tries to call me. She can just call me. Yeah, but at that point, she'll already be all worked up. And I'll still get in trouble. It's my responsibility to keep my phone charged. William looked to Aiden. You don't have a charger, do you? Mom's the only one with a phone, and it's not the same kind, the boy answered regrettably. What about your grandparents? William tried again, this time asking his cousin. They don't even have cell phones, Lily informed him. She was tempted to laugh as she said it, but was discouraged by the direness on her cousin's face. And your phone is different than mine, too. Oh, man, the boy moaned again. It seemed all his options were exhausted. But then his face lit up, and he spun back to Aiden. Aiden, he shouted. Why does everyone keep yelling at me? The boy asked innocently. You can take energy from a phone charger, right? Yeah, why? Have you ever tried giving it back? Lily saw where this was going, but was too curious to butt in. You want me to try charging your phone with my power? Aiden had caught on quickly as well. Yeah. 
Hearing it said out loud seemed to give William hope. I don't know, man, Aiden fumbled with his words. Oh, come on, just try it, please, William pleaded. After another moment's hesitation, the boy finally relented, holding out his hand towards William. Let me see your phone. The boy offered it gladly. Aiden looked the device over for a moment, as if trying to figure out the best way to go about it. Eventually, he cupped his palm over the bottom of the phone where a charger cable would go. For a moment, the room was silent. Then the boy lowered the phone. I have no idea how to do this. What does it feel like to drain power? Is it kind of like pulling on something but in your mind? If so, then just do the opposite. It's not like that at all. I've told you before, I kind of just imagine it and it happens. I can't do the opposite of imagining something. Then nothing really would happen. That's how my gift works too, Lily confirmed. She'd been trying to make William understand this for the last year or so, but the boy could not seem to wrap his head around the concept. When it came to what she and Aiden could do, there was no try. There was only do and don't. She knew that he had to fully believe that he could charge William's phone or he would not be able to. With this in mind, she added in the most convincing tone she could muster. You can do it, Aiden. If you can take, you can give. At this, Aiden raised the phone again in his cupped hand so he could see the screen. Silence. Lily found herself holding her breath, though there was no logic to it. A moment later, she got goosebumps as the air around her seemed to tickle her skin. She also thought she felt something stirring in her chest. However, before any of these sensations seemed to fully develop, there was a chime followed by the screen of the phone lighting up to show the image of a battery. You did it, William congratulated him. Aiden did not speak, but kept his eyes fixed on the device. They watched the battery percentage displayed on the phone steadily rise. Lily had to laugh at herself. Despite constantly explaining to William how her own gift worked, she had still expected to see a glow or something going from the boy to the phone. But it was not like lasers shot out of her eyes when she did something miraculous. When it reached 10%, the boy gasped as if he had been holding his breath too. Lily saw that there was sweat on his forehead. I can't do anymore, he admitted, handing the phone to William. He looked woozy, like someone who had stood up too fast. That's okay, this is just enough. You're amazing, William praised. Aiden smiled and attempted to take a step backward. However, as he did, he stumbled. William lunged forward and caught him by the shoulders. Whoa there, he exclaimed, propping the boy up against his bed. Are you okay? Lily asked, trying not to shout where his mother would hear and come running. That really takes it out of you, Aiden mumbled. They should have foreseen this consequence. Aiden had given energy to charge William's phone. Therefore, he was left weakened. It was the same as someone exerting the energy to run a mile. I'm sorry, man, William apologized, now serious. It's not your fault, Aiden panted. Maybe you could make the lights flicker and recharge yourself, Lily suggested. Oh man, I didn't even think of that. I bet you could have just taken energy directly from the wall and used it to charge my phone. That might have been more efficient, William thought aloud. Maybe, Aiden spoke softly. But I feel like I've been up for days and I only charged your phone 10%. The three pondered that for a moment. Maybe you're more like an energy adapter. It costs energy to adapt energy. But can't you just recharge? Lily asked again, slightly frustrated that her question had been passed over. Not here, Aiden replied weakly. Why not? We can't afford it. We? 
William asked. Me and Mom, Aiden explained. When I lived with my grandma, I never really thought about it. But the first month we lived here, Mom showed me the bill and asked if I'd been doing anything to use that much electricity. So I stopped. She still hasn't paid it off. So you never use your superpower when you're at home, William pried. I use the batteries from the smoke detectors Mom has me take down. That's clever, Lily granted him. But doesn't your mom wonder where they go? Not really, Aiden shrugged. I only have to put them back when the landlord visits, and that's only happened once. I just told her they were old and stopped working. Then we bought new ones. Okay then, don't you have any 9 volts you can use to feel better? William questioned. I used the last one when I got home from the popsicle walk. And it didn't heal all your scrapes, did it? Lily cut in, growing excited. It didn't help my leg, which hurt the most. That's why I was taking power from the air conditioners. That was the only chance I had that day to try to heal. Lily was pleased with herself for putting things together, but still mirrored William's look of concern for their friend's current state. It's okay, though. I'll just take a nap after you leave, Aiden played it off. That was that. It seemed the best thing for Aiden to do at this point would be to rest. Or was it? Lily suddenly remembered her thermos. William's phone vibrated hard in his hands. He looked down. Oh boy, Mom left me a voicemail. I better listen. He turned his back to them and put his phone to one ear and his hand against the other. Lily decided not to waste another moment. Aiden, she started, taking her thermos from the desk and twisting off the lid. I think this might help. I brought some liquid sunshine with me. You can finally try some. Really? he said, seeming stunned and slightly nervous. Yeah, see? Lily extended the container toward him so that he could witness the liquid's glow. Even in the well-lit room, the beverage emitted an obvious light. At seeing it, the boy quickly averted his eyes. Oh man, that's bright, he nearly whimpered. Really? Lily said in surprise. She pulled the thermos back and peered straight into it. The liquid definitely shimmered, but it was not like staring into the actual sun. Hmm, it doesn't seem that bright to me. Anyway, you don't have to look at it. Just take a drink. It'll make you feel better, I'm sure of it. She felt a tinge of familiar giddiness as she spoke. I don't know. Aiden pressed his back into his bed, as if cautiously retreating from a dangerous animal. Until now, he had never seemed put off at the idea of trying liquid sunshine. Of course, he had never been faced with it either. Now that the moment had arrived, something seemed to be making him wary. But Lily was too eager to let his uncertainty bother her. Come on, she persisted. It's amazing. Look, I'll show you. She put her thermos to her mouth and drank deeply. When she was done, she let out an exaggerated, breathy, ah, mimicking how Papal showed his appreciation for a good beverage. See, it didn't kill me or anything. I'm not afraid, he asserted. I'm just not really thirsty right now. Maybe later. Come on, that's not a good excuse. Please. Though she had yet to realize it, she was growing more hurt by the moment. I think I'm just going to sleep. Before Lily could counter, William turned back to them. Crud, he uttered emphatically. I need to leave. Veronica got sick at the salon. She's throwing up and everything. Mom said they're coming back to get me and to be ready to go immediately. That was five minutes ago. Oh man, Lily groaned. I'll have to go too then. You shouldn't have to walk back by yourself. It's okay, Lily, Aiden said, aware of the disappointment both he and the situation was causing her. 
I'll try some another day. Though he tried to hide it, he was clearly relieved at the turn of events. Lily decided not to press him further. She did not want him to get upset with her. As the boy began walking towards the door, Lily realized that her hand hurt from how hard she had been gripping the thermos lid. She twisted the top back on. Sorry we have to rush, William said, falling out behind his host. Confused and defeated, Lily was the last to leave the room. What had just happened? Leaving so soon, Miss Enright asked as they reached the kitchen. Lily noticed the woman had finished putting her makeup on and was now wearing shoes. She actually looked like she was waiting to take off somewhere. My mom's coming to get me, so we need to get back to Lily's grandparents, William answered her. Though he had halted momentarily to talk, he rocked back and forth on his heels anxiously. Oh, do you need a ride? It's okay, it's a short walk. Thanks, though. Well, you're both welcome here any time. Lily, feel free to come and visit next time you're at your grandparents'. Thank you, I will, Lily replied as politely as she could manage in her jumbled state. Aiden walked with them as far as the front gate. He did not speak again except to say goodbye. As the two began the trek back down the street, Lily could have sworn she heard yelling coming from Aiden's home after he went back inside. She turned and looked for a moment, listening carefully. She was about to ask her cousin if he had heard anything, but upon turning back, discovered he was already way ahead of her. Even once she caught up, Lily had to make an effort to keep up with William, who was walking as fast as one could without it being considered jogging. When her grandparents' home came into view and there were no extra cars parked in front of it, he finally slowed. There was no hurry now since no one was sitting there waiting for him. Lily caught her breath and began to drag her feet. Hey, William, she said to get his attention. Why wouldn't Aiden try my drink? She had not processed it until now, but the rejection had been a real slap in the face. She was trying hard not to take it personally, but was failing. Noticing her body language and the slight quiver in her voice, William slowed his pace even further. It really bothered you, didn't it? Lily just nodded. William took a deep breath. I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I could tell he was nervous. He didn't get that way until he saw it. Then he got all weird. Her tone got sharper towards the end of the sentence. Don't be too hard on him, William advised. Drinking sunlight is a scary thing. He let his words linger and looked down at his feet as they hit the pavement. It was probably a good thing he did, for it took Lily a moment to absorb the statement. Finally, she stopped and stood still, which prompted her cousin to do the same. I don't get it. What do you mean? I can't explain it, really. There's just something about it. It's really intimidating even if you know it's good. This was news to Lily. There had never been any fear involved for her, even the first time. Perhaps the emotion her cousin was describing was the same one that had gripped her parents when she offered them the sunlight seven years ago. So you drink it all the time, even though it scares you? It doesn't anymore, just the first time. Lily thought back to the moment he was referring to. She could remember it clearly. It was, after all, the first time anyone had shared in her joy. She hoped it would not be the last. While Lily and William had been on the winter vacation that sealed their friendship, William's father had made the business deal that led to his family moving. Two days after William had learned of his cousin's abilities, his dad had called them all to announce their fortune and his plan to relocate. All of these things led to the boy not trying liquid sunlight until after their winter retreat. Lily had just learned she could change the face of things, and the two eagerly experimented with almost anything they could get their hands on. Plus, it seemed the two would have plenty of time to enjoy the beverage, 
She brought her thermos the very first time she visited her aunt and uncle's new home. It was a kind of housewarming party, which she saw as the perfect opportunity to introduce the warming drink. The cousins stuck with their family through dinner and dessert, but then promptly retreated to William's room, where she offered him the sunlight. Thinking back on it now, his eyes had gone wide at seeing the liquid's radiance. At the time, she would have never guessed it was fear. William had been in awe so much at that point that she just assumed this was another of those moments. He had disguised his emotions well. The first thing he said before taking the sunlight was, Does it make your pee glow? Typical boy. She wondered if that bit of humor had been his way of coping with his nerves. The answer to that question had been no, for the record. But the boy had not protested like Aiden. After that, he had simply taken the thermos from Lily and experienced its contents. Snapping back to the present, she asked, Why did you drink it then if you were afraid? I saw how much you enjoyed it. I wanted to know what it was like too. Plus, I knew you'd never give me anything that would kill me. William gave her a smirk, his tone lightening. Aiden could have gotten all his energy back if he'd just taken a drink, Lily frowned, still bothered by the boy's refusal. Maybe. He would have at least felt better, William agreed. I guess sometimes it's hard to convince someone to drink something they've never had. I guess, Lily said begrudgingly. Contrasting her tone, she met eyes with her cousin and grinned. He deserved that much. He had made her feel a little better. One more thing. What's that? Did liquid sunlight hurt your eyes the first time you saw it? I don't think so. I mean, it glows, but it's not like staring into the sun or anything. Thank you, Lily said, throwing up her hands. Aiden acted like it was too bright to look at. William shrugged and waited a moment to see if Lily had anything else to say. When she did not, he looked straight at her and smiled reassuringly. We'll get him eventually. As he said it, his mom's car pulled into their grandparents' driveway, prompting the two to hurry along. Glancing back one last time, Lily also saw a car pull out of the driveway near Aiden's house, way back down the road. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Did you know that The Many Faces of Lily Andrews has companion music? There's an eight-song collection called The Apristi EP, written by Kevin Morse, available now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. I tried to write the lyrics in a way that won't spoil the plot, so feel free to listen in any order you like. But my hope is that the songs will mean more after hearing the story. A link to that is available in the show notes. Until next time.